Thinly, if we're kicking the show off here, I feel like I, I owe everybody an apology. I really screwed up last week. You screw up every week, but what is this? What's the specific? Hey. Uh, what's what? What is it specifically? When I did my catchphrase that everybody knows and loves, <laughs> it I loves. could be wrong now, but I don't think so. <laughs> and when I did that last week, and I, I wanted to do it in the spirit of Hurricane Smith. Um, oh sure. You know, an artist we're both a big fan of. I didn't put the slapback delay oh, on the on the impression. Yeah. yeah, I just left it left it bare. Oh, do you think they'll they'll forgive me? Probably not. But it's good that you at least tried. You know, I owned up to it. You did. Hey, so this weekend I watched um, the I don't know what it's called like behind the albums or whatever. It's like that old VH1 show mm-hmm. on um, Asia, the Steely Dan record. It's pronounced. Asia. No, it's probably pronounced Asia. Yeah. I yes. Uh, I feel like every time I s- say it one way, someone tells <laughs> it me changes depending it's on what you just way. said. Whatever it Walter is, Walter Becker, Donald Fagan sitting at that mixing console. That's good stuff. It's yeah? so good. Like I don't even like. I really don't like that album. But just like listening to them talk about like a synth part that's buried in the mix is just uh-huh. so much fun. I I don't know why. I have like a perverse joy of just in just watching them do that. It would be like if Kubrick was, you know, showing you dailies and being like, oh, yeah, I was trying to accomplish that with that thing. It didn't, you know, you're, yeah. you're hearing masters, you know, dive into their craft and all the, the fine details of it. <laughs> right, but I, the thing is, I like watching Kubrick movies. So, I mean, there is a, a difference here, but there's just something about their process that is like even more engaging to me than the actual product, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. Yep, I watched those, those clips. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah, they, they just have it so I much I like fun. when uh, Black Cow starts up and fucking Fagan's just like, Uptown, baby! Like, he's just like quoting the rap song that sampled it, yeah. Yeah, so you know exactly what I'm talking about, because I was uh-huh. just watching that, yeah. It's good stuff, it's good stuff. Hey, so somebody yeah. asked me the other day, actually gave me the idea for today's segment. They mm-hmm. were like, you guys talk about this thing called LimeWire, uh, and I have no idea what that is. And this is like really... I forget that, I guess, it's maybe pretty inside baseball if you didn't live through it. Was it was a blip in music history. Yeah, oh, just like what a, f- a blip it was. It was terrible. It, it was, was just amazing. a few years in the 2000s. Spotify wasn't around yet, but fucking CDs were too expensive. And it was, you know, they'd just like be sold at Walmart. And I'm like, who's buying this here? It's just everything seemed weird. Yeah. LimeWire was... Just enter in the name of the song you want, and you may or may not infect your computer permanently. Quintessential yeah. virus virus giving software. It was before, like, Pirate Bay and Torrents, whatever, you know, say what you will, but that makes sense. That's yeah. a system. This is before that. It was before you could just stream stuff. It, it was weird. The number of times I would have to go to, like, the Geek Squad at Best Buy for them to be like, hey, maybe you should stop destroying your computer <laughs> on a consistent basis. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, it was the, it's the quintessential, like, mid-2000s pirating software, right? And it was just sort of rife with viruses. Was there an application you had to download? Because it wasn't, yes, like, it was a program. Based on the, you had to open yeah. the LimeWare program. Uh, yeah, everything about it was backwards, but it was better than all the other Kazaa, Kazam, something like that. There was another one that I didn't was mess even with worse. that. Yeah, I didn't mess with that. It was, it was yeah, it was rough like, stuff, treacherous. I was a, a LimeWire snob. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's let's set the scene here a little bit. So it's 2008. Matt's in his dorm room. Eight. 2008. Matt is in his dorm room. Okay. 
he's grown weary of listening to his collection of Elephant Six bands. Okay. The Neutral Milk Hostel, Hotel Extended Universe. Neutral Milk As, Hotel, uh, Elf Neutral Power Hotel. of Montreal. Who else? Keep going. Shit. Keep going. Who else? Uh, apples and Stereo? Yes, yeah. All right, <laughs> Keep I'm going. Four yeah. for four. Uh, no, I don't know any other stuff offhand. Okay, I would say also Olivia Tremor Control. Oh, fuck. Say, uh, yeah. We just yeah. shut the podcast off right now. Dusk at Cuba's Castle. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. I'm embarrassed Yeah, myself. these are all... Yeah. Yeah, it's very easy to get dates when you talk about these bands. A circulatory system, right? It's another one. I actually messaged the the guy from Circulatory System with my old band in this era. He's very nice. But cool. uh, anyway, so Matt, he's in his dorm room. He's hunting for loose singles. Maybe something he saw on the now long dead MTVU, which was actually one of the best things MTV ever did. Um, maybe their last music related contribution to society. Uh, maybe something that he heard on what was then called the college radio station. Mm-hmm. It's all very mysterious walking through this disorienting mist of the past. But he found a collection of loose indie singles that he loves. He's going to be burning them to a CD that will absolutely stop working after several plays. Uh, but those plays will be glorious. And Thomas, I have a treat for you today because I found, right. I found one of those dorm room CDs. Oh, man. And it is just waiting to be evaluated oh so uh we're gonna call this episode thomas rates the hidden gems of the 2000s limewire singles era okay okay so these are loose singles from artists i, I know very little about mm-hmm. that are kind of confined to that like indie of the 2000s oh, yeah. era yeah. um there's a lot going on there uh, i'm classifying these as forgotten gems because i still think they're excellent songs but i just haven't thought about them in a long while right and i don't think these artists really got their due outside of like a period of time in that decade wow um, are you are you ready for this experience i am this is just like when i'm driving somewhere with huimin like say we're on a long drive and then we lose signal so if we want to listen to mm-hmm. music she just plays like the only thing she has on her phone are like songs she bought on itunes you know, 15 years ago. So it's the same category of like, oh yeah, I jammed out to this in like mid, late 2000s. What the hell happened to this band kind of thing? Like, Yeah, it's just going to be kind of like that. It's a certain Um, kind of obscurity. It is, it is. And I I love that era for like loose singles because there were just so many, I don't know what was going on in the mid 2000s with indie. It just seemed like there were a lot of bands that would just like flash in the pan, have like a ton of notoriety for like two weeks, like in the indie world. Like yeah. it was sort of like, it, it was it was almost like it became a, like the pop sort of metric. Where Clap your like hands, people, say yeah. Sure, sure. That kind of thing. Someone still loves here. you, Boris Yeltsin? Not making this up. Also not on here. Uh, okay. We don't have too many weird band names today, but um, yeah, well actually one. <laughs> but okay, let's, let's start, let's start. We're going to start with the artist... Uh, Kenna, who is an Ethiopian-born American musician. Hmm. He came up with the Neptunes, so the Virginia scene, Pharrell Williams and, and Chad Hugo. The Pharrell, yeah. Yep. And I, f- I feel like Chad Hugo kind of gets slept on in the Pharrell story, but um, regardless. So Kenna had a big tune with this song called Hell Bent. Uh, and this is like firmly in the MySpace era. We're not going to listen to that song today in case you're frantically Googling it. Uh, he released two albums that decade, New Sacred Cow and Make Sure They See My Face. I was a fan of New Sacred Cow. And there was one song in particular that I was very drawn to, which also had an incredible music video attached to it. Um, 
The song is called, let me bring it up here, Free Time. So if you look up Kenna, K-E-N-N-A, mm-hmm. Free Time. Um, and you can bring up the music video because it's actually quite enjoyable. All right. So Chad Hugo produced this song. <laughs> Kenna actually, he went on to found this massive clean water initiative. Oh. And he was he was also the chief vision officer of MySpace before it was sold. Wow. So uh, pretty amazing guy beyond the music. Also, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, that's a great background. Oh, wow. That actually gave me like, that. looking at the LimeWire logo and just like the application sent like a yeah. shiver down my spine. Just the uh, the Microsoft XP uh, yeah. <laughs> interface, yep. Yeah, just excitement, pure excitement. I'm sensing this is going to have a lot of nostalgia. Oh, maybe, maybe for me. Uh, I think this song sounds somewhat, I don't feel like this song sounds dated. I don't know. Maybe some elements of it, but um, you see how you feel. Yeah, it's tight so far. Sounds like a Danger Mouse production. Yeah. Vocals are okay. I like everything else a lot more. He's got like a Dave Gahan, Depeche Mode kind of voice. A little little pure Robert Smith thing. Sure. Harmonies are cool. Great video, too. Uh, I love this video. It's so funny. Yeah, beats solid. Uh, it has a like, great momentum to it. I stand behind this tune. Soundtrack for the dorm. Oh yeah. It's just still catchy as hell. See how you feel about this chorus here. lead vocal not my favorite but it's still I, I appreciate the structure and the uh, yeah I think he knows it. it seems like he built it the song around the vocal as opposed to like putting it out front tonight that part's cool I just the, the main lead oh and this synth this synth is 2006 <laughs> alright no, but this is right. cool overall I, I approve yeah yeah really dig that song uh, so Malcolm Gladwell you know, the, the writer, thinker, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever that dude is, yeah. uh, spoke about Kenna in one of his books, uh, talking about like the rise of his music, what it took for him to get over. Apparently, like he was beloved by executives in the industry and he just like wasn't, it wasn't translating though mm. um, to the masses. So that's that vocals. But he seems like that's what I say. It's, <laughs> maybe it's the vocals. He seems like a cool guy in interviews, just like creative as hell. Sure. Uh, and I really, I do still love this song. Yeah, solid. So you think solid, you don't love the vocals, but you dig this. And I didn't even dislike the vocals, just they weren't my favorite. And if you're asking me why this guy was more popular, it would be the first thing that would come to mind. Okay. All right. Um, All right. So this next one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mostly dislike when children of famous musicians get record contracts because it's like, I think we can all come together on that, right? Like every so often it's good, but mostly it's just like fine. 
and there's a lot of money behind it, and it's competent, but it's hard not to think about yeah. how, it, how it got there. Yeah, you tend to want to be like, okay, well, you're going to still be doing this in five, ten years? You're that dedicated? Okay, then I'll check it out. But if this yeah, is just flash just... in the pan, it's, eh, yeah. It's like, you know, if somebody, some famous actor, like I'm all for uh, children of famous movie stars also being professional actors if they're good. And you realize they're good when you see them in like six different things that they're awesome in. And then you're like, oh, they're actually like the son of Meg Ryan. Like, you know, like yeah, I want to piece yeah. it together that way. And you know? Exactly. And everybody's free to do whatever they want to do. But that means that I'm also free to feel however yeah. I want to feel. You're skipping <laughs> steps. I was supposed to get the deal. <laughs> sure. Or even just this is purely annoying. I don't but even this think it has clearly to be. wouldn't exist except for your right. influence and your parents' money. Yeah, when that right, is right, right. clear, right, yeah, right. that sucks. And it's almost worse when it's just like competent and there's nothing special yeah. to it. Like you almost want it to either be horrific or amazing. I think it kind of yeah. has to. Where, be one where of those. does James McCartney fall on this? Uh, this chart? I would say not the amazing side. Um, but let's talk about Liam Finn. Liam. Finn. So Liam Finn is the son of Neil Finn of oh, Crowded okay. House fame. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't dream it's over. Mm-hmm. Amazing song, a good band. Um, and he's actually joined Crowded House in recent years, so he's like in the band now. Cool. Um, but he released three solo albums. His first one, I'll Be Lightning, came out in 2007, passed across the desk of one Matt Longo, a university student and antisocial musician. Uh, he loved it. Uh, this song is like, it's, it's just, it came out at a weird time in that mid-2000s where it seemed like indie could go in a million different directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a real pastiche of styles. And I think it's its own thing. So uh, this is a tune called uh, Second Chance yeah. by Liam Finn. Is uh, Mr. Finn still uh, releasing his own music to this day or just involved in other he projects? He released a record. I mean, he's, he's in the band Crowded House now. I, th- I think he's oh, yeah. you know, touring with them and he, re- he records with them, I think. Um, I yeah, think he released cool. a record in the 2010s too. But um, yeah. All right. Second Chance. I think you'll like this song. It's, it's very creative. I like creative. He, also, he has a crazy David Letterman performance too. As a lot of these artists did. As uh, Matt Farley also has. <laughs> yeah, only the best do. Cool production. Interesting voice. Oh, this would so be in Chuck or like some other network show from that era. Are you sure it, it wasn't? It very well could have been. It's just like a beautiful melody, beautiful production. Production is, is catching my ear, yeah, some interesting ideas in here. And the, and the song goes in a, an interesting direction when it gets there. Yeah. A little harp sound. Cool. I have no idea what that is. Maybe, yeah, it's just maybe a real watery piano. 
yeah, it's, uh, I'm not going to say it's super memorable, but uh, it's cool. There we go. Love that bass. It builds nicely. It's got really a lot of interesting instrumental ideas. Love those drums. That's a tight song. Yeah, it's a good mix of like controlled and a little like frenetic and wild together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Good and balance. it sounds like mildly DIY too. Some yeah. Of the production. Yeah, he's definitely, he's, he's calling the shots. He's making some interesting decisions, but there's a lot of, you know, competency and sonic professionalism behind it. Yeah, oh, he's a professional. He's a pro. Yeah. Uh, Good stuff. All right, yeah. so now, so the last one. Uh, this next one I actually do still listen to pretty regularly as it's on an album that I come back to quite often. All right, so the, the first two were, you know, you dug them up from a decade prior, but this is a little more fresh in your mind. Yeah, the first two, like, in listening to them now, I realized, like, oh, I still really like these songs. This next artist, like, there's there's this one album that he has that is just, it's great. So the the name is, he goes under the name Simple Kid. Um, His name's actually Kieran McFeely, an Irish artist who had that, like, same kind of, like, Beck penchant for putting folky elements over, like, samples and beats. Uh, He's a really mysterious dude. So released two albums in the 2000s and then kind of just dropped out of the scene seemingly intentionally because hmm. he was really gaining momentum with this second record, which I believe is just called Simple Kid 2. Um, this song sounds like Neil Young and Beck mushed together. The song is called Serotonin okay. by Simple Kid. This is a brilliant song for me. Like, I'll go out there and say it. Brilliant. I would say brilliant. Uh, there's this cathartic build. The lyrics are truly great like there's an ending stanza in the song that's maybe one of my favorite lyrical pieces of that era oh man uh it's really good i actually want to listen to two parts of the song oh he does look like beck he's got that <laughs> yeah. beck pallor irish beck um don't put on the one with him shaving because i feel like it's too distracting yeah I, I he has a, a video where he's like shaving it's interesting but it's definitely yeah, we're here for the music. No, nobody's yeah, gonna see a shave. It's an audio-only <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we constantly reference like visual things. All right, so we're starting from the top. Yeah, we're starting from the top, and then I want to take you closer to the end of the song. All right. Olivia Tremor control vibes. It's a Beck beat here for sure. Monica. Back all over this so far. Yeah. Really cool though. Yeah, the Lennon energy. Yeah.
a little lo-fi. Yeah, it definitely, it feels home-brewed. Super Lennon here. This is building in a cool way. So good, yeah. So tight. So yeah. go to like 320 or 315 ish. And there's this build in this song that's just like, you feel it going in this direction. We're in the Radiohead territory. Oh yeah. This is great. This part right here is just like... Yeah, this is... It's like a feeling of doom here. Huh. I love this song. Yeah. I mean that those lyrics in the end there there's like a it's like a minute long stanza and there's this these lines that are so memorable and good you know he's he's talking about the the chemical in your brain and you know he says like happiness is nothing but the flow of serotonin in your head can it be right that it all boils down to how the chemicals flow to your soul it's just like man that just hit me then and it hits me now wow. uh one of my favorite songs of that era. It's just like a real gem. I uh, I appreciate you. Uh, sh- this is never something that I would end up finding out about. You know, it's all these these good, interesting kind of creative new indie artists that came out from this era, and then it's just like, where did they go? You know, some of them stayed around for the long game, but a lot of them. And it's like an era where if you you know maybe if you hit it a little bit then. But you didn't continue on. It doesn't seem like you get the same life breathed into your legacy, like if you were a an '80s artist or a '90s artist. Like I don't know, it's just a weird blind spot that time. You're right. It's such a strange time because now it's like you know this era we can't really compare to too much because it's like no. mo- mostly well, people. What the just fuck's don't, going on now? I got no idea. No, you don't. People don't really make it. I mean, it's just like you know, it's a smattering of artists here and there. But like then it was like, you know, an artist would make it for a single. Or yeah. like an album or two albums, and it'd be it, and then it's just like nothing gone. Uh, and some of these artists, it's, it's like that. Yeah. This guy, Simple Kid, he uh, did actually release a record or smattering of songs in 2022, uh, but he, I don't think he did anything with it. Like he didn't do like a big right. press push, but he, 
you know, he had momentum going for that Simple Kid 2 record. There's there's a bunch of great songs on that record. It's it's legitimately yeah. a great record. What I heard was cool. Um, he's got a song about Elton John, how he feels like he's he's being an asshole. There's a lot of interesting what? songs. Yeah. Uh, he had a song, actually, it was in a car commercial from that record. And I, I don't know what happened. He just, like, stepped back. Hmm. But um, yeah, it's, I'm it's a big like, fan. This is it's the MySpace artist era, and you know, yeah. like how many people just lost the music they loved and that they listened to, like when MySpace went down, like or an artist like that's the only place they really had it popping, and that's where people would check it out. MySpace shuts down, it's it's gone. Yeah, very weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, my old band's MySpace is somewhere out there, just floating around. <laughs> yeah. What was I the went- old band called again? Sex during wartime. Oh, that's right. We were a a uh, pretty experimental. Oh, you don't say. Maybe we should we should play old band music um, uh, hey, for some episode. Some. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Like a battle of the bands of our old battle bands. Battle of the old bands. I'm gonna win. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, you gotta talk. You gotta fight with Nate about that because Nate was in oh, that. Yeah, band. we. Got, well, he'll mediate. He'll come on and and. Uh, yeah. He's yeah, kind of biased, supervise. but. well that was cool i liked your segment thank you oh uh i don't know what i'm supposed to do we gotta smooth this over (laughs) spread the butter around oh oh uh uh we got something else coming up now fucking that's not me (sighs) well yeah so i am doing my segment now thanks for that uh lovely fluid introduction uh, Mr. Thinlier. We have someone up now who's not me. And you know what I didn't do today also? I didn't introduce the podcast. You're listening to no. listening Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now halfway through. That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thinlier And Niagara Moon in my opinion uh, <laughs> I am internationally celebrated indie artist Niagara Moon I am violently hated uh, indie artist Thinlier yeah well yeah doesn't even matter who you are your segment's over uh, true but uh, this this is going to be pretty interactive this week I really this is you and I seeing if we can come to an agreement I don't know I this is uh, this we always say, you know, oh, we're trying to change each other's minds, you know, be yeah. argumentative. We're going for it today. Like, you're, I think you're very wrong, and I think you happen to be stuck in your world of wrong. And I, want, I really want to see, for your own betterment, if I can pull you out of it, because you're... Okay. You, we got to settle the score here. You keep embarrassing yeah, it's always, yourself. And it's always good when you start an argument saying, I'm just trying to make you better. Yeah, I think exactly. That always, that, when has that not worked? <laughs> I do it with my wife all the time. It works like <laughs> I'm a sure she receives it so well. Uh huh. Um, so we can start out with a little word association game here. Just to, you know, just get the juices flowing for a second. I'll say a word, you say what comes. Yeah, I'll say something, you tell me the word that you think of. First thing that comes to mind uh, okay. pizza, pie, chicken, uh, fingers, uh, blue, velvet, <laughs> Michael McDonald. Shite. Oh, man. Shite. Not even shit. Scottish, oh, you know what? Scottish shit. That's what he is no, to you. You know what it makes me think of? is uh, He's Scottish? 
No, oh, just shite. Oh, right, the word. Sure, <laughs> yeah. right. I was gonna say that's oh, oh interesting. McDonald. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it actually oh, makes Michael me McDonald. Think of... <laughs> Hello, Donald <laughs> Fagan. <laughs> yeah, the Scottish uh, blues yeah. singer. It, it makes me think of. Um, What's that movie? Forty Year Old Virgin, where they're mm-hmm. talking about Michael McDonald and they're getting all upset yes. that they have to watch him over yeah, and over again. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I'm not gonna say like, Yamo watcher. I'm not gonna say there's not a lot of Michael McDonald songs you can listen to and go, oh, this is kind of cheesy. You know, this is like safe, like a you know adult oriented radio pop, whatever. It's on the grocery store. It's just generic '80s, '90s, like soft middle, whatever. Yes, I know that all exists. You got the 40-year-old virgin uh, gag. Mm-hmm. Most artists we talk about, they have a lot, a lot of their body of work is not particularly for us, right? That that happens quite often. Sure. Yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. I'm not going yeah. to say Michael McDonald is actually one of the best songwriters of all time, best singers of all time, best whatever. What I want you to agree on and what I think we can come to uh, an agreement on by the end of this episode, I want you to be able to say Michael McDonald is awesome. That's all I'm trying to get you to do. I thought you were going to go in a slightly more modest direction and be like, oh, he's good or he's competent. I want you to think of Michael McDonald and you're like, oh, he's awesome. You know, do you listen to him a ton? Do you know a lot of his songs? Really? Maybe, maybe not, but he's awesome. That's that's what I want. Just like the... The concept of Michael McDonald, his, or like his, his vibe, singing, his, 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 his presence, vibe. his musical footprint in the uh, the legacy of, of popular song. I think he's awesome. Mm. I'm gonna just say that at the top. Okay. And you saying uh, he's shite? You know, I, I'm being harsh. He's not shite. It's he has a voice that is like confounding to me. Like I, it's not even necessarily that I dislike it. I'm just like, what is this? Uh, it's it's kind of like, you know, like Sting, right? Like the way okay. like Sting sings, where it's just like, it sounds like he's Ew. doing an, an impression of someone singing okay. as opposed to singing. And I, and I, and I like, I love the police. Sure. Um, I'm sure you could find some Michael McDonald song that I'm like, oh, that's all right. Very good. But there's something about his voice that is so strange, like... It, it sounds like, and I've said this before in the podcast, you disagree with me. It sounds like a uh, someone mimicking someone singing, where I, I almost wonder, like, who who can't sing in this way? Like, it's, it's like a, an impression of a who singer. can't sing in this way? Who can't? Yeah. Because it, it's like this husky, there's nothing, there's no, like, <sighs> bottom to it <laughs> you know like like just like this this husky airy oh, man nothingness <laughs> oh, oh where do we start here i got so many examples to just crush your ignorance do uh, it but the, but the ones that i know is i know a lot of him sort of um huskily whispering over uh steely dan choruses yeah yeah I, I got a lot of that I know you, yeah, and I know you don't like those songs, so that that doesn't help. You know, it's it's not the best representation. There's his head. Looks like he's turning into a wolf in that. <sighs> he was very Wolfman-like, yeah. I, I mean, do like that. I oh, love yeah. a good '70s Wolfman. Oh, we know the hair, the beard, the mustache. We know you can't fuck with that. We are. I, I <laughs> it's, we're, a, it's a it's a good beard. That's we're in really agreement there. Beard. Yeah. Yeah. No, but oh man. So yes, there there's a couple different things here. There's Michael McDonald, just the vocalist, that voice. Um, and yes, he has 
guest appeared on a ton of different albums, ton of different projects. He's worked with a lot of different musicians, some of whom I think would surprise you if you start going down the list. Joni Mitchell, like mm. obviously the the Steely Dan relationship went on for a while. Um, where do we start here? So, what do you know? Okay. The voice, we could table that for now. What do you know about him as a songwriter, or what, what's your feel there? Virtually nothing. I know he does like um, uh, kind of like bluesy pop, bluesy pop songs. I know he plays piano. Mm-hmm. I know he sings really close to the mic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know a ton about the man. All right. I, I know the I, when I think of his name, I think of him making that sound with his voice. That you know, you know the sound I'm talking about. <laughs> Right, exactly. Right. Well, we're going to get into why almost every Michael McDonald impression I've heard doesn't really capture it. It's it's more special than we're giving it credit for, and I'll get into the details of that in a bit. But uh, let's see. Let's We can tackle two things at once here. I want to play you uh, a Michael McDonald, uh, Carly Simon collaboration song okay. called You Belong to Me. Um, there is a Carly Simon version of this tune. There's the Doobie Brothers version of this tune. Um, Wait, is he in the Doobie Brothers? All right, so it's very weird, and I guess I'm we'll... so confused by like what band he's in. Yes. And not so in. what happened with the Doobie Brothers? As far as I could make out today, hurriedly doing research, is you have the Doobie uh, the Brothers. The double murder between the Doobie <laughs> Brothers, a murder suicide. Yeah, uh, you got Doobie Brothers that did like whoa, listen to the music and like. Uh, Do you like that? Do you like that band? The only Doobie Brothers song. Without Michael McDonald that I like is Blackwater. I think Blackwater is pretty cool. Okay. Uh, but you got a lot of stuff that it ain't for me. I got little interest in the doobies. Uh, China Grove, freaking Jesus is Just All Right. A completely different band, not even re- barely relevant to this conversation, had nothing to do with the stylings of Michael McDonald. But like their lead songwriter dude has serious health issues they brought McDonald in as a keyboardist and there was kind of like nobody running the show and McDonald had some genius songs. He won them fucking Grammy song of the year. Eventually he gave them like their biggest sales of the seventies with uh, the album minute by minute. It became like, Oh, is this the Doobie brothers or is this new guy? McDonald just like taking over this band for his own purposes. Like I could totally understand if you were a Doobie brothers fan, why you'd be like, Oh, he like usurped the band. He just like, mm captured them and like just did what he wanted for his own purposes like it's a very strong weird abrupt musical divide and in the interest of brevity yes this is uh michael mcdonald in the 70s means doobie brothers it's just the band he happened to be in if he's singing and if it's a song he wrote it's it's michael that's all i need okay uh so i want to show you you belong to me this is off the the first Doobie Brothers album where he was really just kind of run, like calling the shots, uh, living on the fault line. I really, really like this tune. It's not the best Michael McDonald uh, song and performance for me, but it is quite nice. He did this with Carly Simon, but I th- the keyboard stuff is just to him. The way the chords that he plays, how he plays them, that weird and idiosyncratic feel. Um just as genius to me as, as, as the singing and more. So I think I appreciate it more than the actual quality of his voice. I'm showing this to you. Did he write this song? Yes. So he co-wrote it with Carly Simon. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I, if I had a guess, you think he had a heavy, I bet he did a lot of the, the, the chords. He's Mr. Uh, song of a million chords. His playing is, is Baroque. Uh, it's, it's, it's something. So 
you know, the vocals are the vocals. I still love them. Maybe you'll get out of your get your head out of your ass in a little bit here. But if, if we can okay. just we can just hone in on the composition if we need to, and and see if you okay. can't pick out something here that's uh, right. pretty pretty special, pretty unique. I'd say. Drums. Sounds good. Why'd you tell me this? Why you look for my reaction? Sultry. What do you need to know? Don't you know? does sound great the way it's recorded the part that's being played that sounds good and that was like way more sparse of a song than i think i'm used to hearing from him usually it's just like a million zillion things on the tunes and they're just like beating you over the head yeah uh that i i I dug the arrangement i can't say like i love the song um but i i did it was intriguing i like the arrangement when his voice came in it, it you know it took me to that place um, that I What's often that go to when I hear Michael McDonald was I, I just sort of am uh, like I stop paying attention to the song and I just uh. start sort of marveling at the <laughs> marveling? sound he's okay. producing but not in a good or bad way where it's just like I'm just confused by why he's singing that way because it doesn't sound it sounds like an affectation and like there's nothing wrong with that because almost all all of us singers are having some sort of affectation when we're singing but like (laughs) you know like it's just so always that uh it's just very strange so it's not even that i dislike it like i said at the beginning it just takes me out at the beginning you thought of the word shite (laughs) uh yeah i was just making fun of it I, i think it's just um that it I just spend time thinking about why he's singing like that. And I stop paying attention to mm. what he's singing and saying. You're, you're very distractible. Yeah, I guess in that sense. Imagine if what you just heard, say if that was Stevie Wonder singing that, wouldn't you be like, oh, this is a really good Stevie Wonder song? Would you not? I didn't dig the, I mean, the arrangement was great and the production is great. Uh, I don't know that I love the song. I, I maybe I'd have to listen to it more. Uh, it was interesting, but I, you know, okay. I, I didn't, I didn't love love the tune. All right, so a uh, mixed response so far, a little tepid. Not bad. All righty, all righty. Not bad. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, we'll keep moving on here. I got to show you my favorite Doobie Brothers era McDonald song, um, and okay. I'm sure you've heard this song before. What a fool believes. <laughs> I actually would be. Uh, yeah, let's listen to that because I, you know, that's one of the songs I, I kind of think of when I listen to him. And it's been, I don't know, a long time since I sat and listened to this song. <laughs> 
again, it, it won Song of the Year at the Grammys, 1979 or whatever. Uh, it was one of the few non-disco number one hits for several mm. months. Uh, you know, in the late 70s when disco was the only thing going on. And what I want to do, I want to play a certain version of the song. It's very similar, I think, to the like the the, the version that was on the radio that you know everybody's heard. But uh, I believe it's a live performance. I don't know for what TV show. Um, so it's just a little more organic sounding, a little more like, oh, you're just watching these dudes just play in the room and create these these grooves. And it it really got me in the feels. This is like, this is powerful stuff, what you're about to hear. I, I don't know. If oh, I, God. I feel like I'm not allowed to dislike it. Yeah, okay. you're not allowed to dislike it. So okay. <laughs> please uh, keep that in mind. <laughs> This song kept me alive through some dark times. Anyway, what do you think? <laughs> uh, again, if I, me of all people, because I've I've pulled this line before. If you're hung up on a voice, you know, and you just can't get around it, I get it. Whatever, that's that's that. But I, everything else about this man's musicality that you're gonna see and and hear, I, I just I want I want you to you know just just make a close assessment. That's all I'm saying. Okay, okay, and I'll I'll try to really listen and get past it. I mean, again, I don't dislike his voice. It's just such a curiosity to me. It's like hearing like Tiny Tim or something. <laughs> like I feel like I'm just drawn to the concept of it. Two. One, two, three. It's a super difficult song to play on the piano. I can't do it. <laughs> I try to not think about it. Okay. Was uh, Kenny Loggins' contribution? I think it's, it's actually co-written with Kenny Loggins. Hear how high those notes are. He is an extremely low register and is always singing very high notes, and it's that weird disparity that's the Michael McDonald trademark. <laughs> he deals coke. Just the hair, the, the smoke. The stupid sense. Have you ever heard another song like this, really? Written like this? Not, not really. N- nothing this popular. So it sounds like. And correct me if I'm wrong. At this point, you're just hung up on the voice. A little bit. Uh, he's got yeah, he's got great range. But I, it, it's it's almost like maybe pop culture has ruined his voice for mm. me because I just think of when I hear his voice, I, it sounds to me like someone making fun of Michael McDonald as opposed to I'm listening to Michael McDonald. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's such a strange, husky whisper of a voice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he can really hit those high notes. You don't, I mean, you, you, it sounds like you just appreciate the voice. It's not like, you know, if you think about like Randy Newman, like I love his voice and it's like, you know, objectively an insane sounding <laughs> instrument. <laughs> and like, this is sort of in that wheelhouse, right? You just compared the vocals of Randy Newman to Michael yes. McDonald? Yeah, f- I did. Well, because Michael McDonald is technically proficient, oh. but I think it's like, uh, I don't know, is, isn't it just what as idiosyncratic? Idiosyncratic, We're not about like, yeah, okay, but then like he's actually also really good as a singer. Yeah, and happens to be unique, but well, now we're getting into an argument about like what a good singer is. Uh, they can hit like, notes, <laughs> and like there is a reason. What, yeah, so like, many artists. Okay, and we're coming up on my third song. This is my ace in the okay. hole. I'm gonna rock your world in a fucking second here. You better okay. be ready. I don't think you're ready. My world is waiting to be rocked. Many many artists bring him on just as a vocalist. Never mind his his powers as a songwriter and a keyboardist that we've we've heard just now. They bring him on as a vocalist. They want his quality. Of, of his voice. You know, it is idiosyncratic, but it's also really uh, adept and, like you said, te- technically proficient and, like, you know, say what you want about AJ overall and, it, and, you know, I still like that album a little bit. I'm definitely warmer to it than you are. When you get to, like, Broadway, Duchess, like the little, you don't even know what I'm talking about probably, but the, like, nope, little breakdown and I got the news, the like, gives me chills every time. <laughs> the quality of his voice when it's, like, uh, when it's layered, like several dubs mm-hmm. of himself and he can stack it, you know, harmonies and stuff, Peg being the famous example. It's, uh, it's awesome. And it's, it's, yes. It's, so I can't get you to say uh, that Michael McDonald is awesome yet. Definitely not, no. Okay. Maybe it's the fact that I don't like the songwriting. Uh, and that's not to say that I dislike it. It's just that I don't, I don't love it. Because like right. Randy Newman can sing the Beehive State or whatever and sound like his right. nose is blocked up, and he's, I would love listening to he it. He is yes. The whole I mean the whole point of Randy Newman singing is just so you can hear a Randy Newman song, uh, and something he's really good at like portraying like the personality of characters within the songs too. I I do think he has that gift as a vocalist, but it's not like you know it's it seems pretty clear to me the guy's not excited to sing. He more just wants to. It's a means Randy to Newman. an end. Like he, he wants to play. Yeah, it's a means to an end with him. I I feel safe about speculating. Mm. You don't see him doing like covers albums. <laughs> no. The yeah. Great American Songbook by Randy Newman. Newman, Newman sings Nielsen. Yeah, you didn't get that yeah. record. Newman sings uh, Nielsen. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like uh, maybe I, yeah. Because it's not, it's not, his range is amazing. But like with the husk thing, like you would say this is because we call it technically proficient because the range is crazy, but like, is it like he does hit the notes, but it's <laughs> like is that hitting a note? He hits like the he's, fucking he's, notes. Yes, he's it's, like it's barking in tune, at it, but he's, is he not hitting it? He sings it in a special, unique, sultry way that only he can pull off. But he's hitting those notes, and his voice has held up very well over the years. I don't know if you're a Thundercat fan. His contribution there is very cool. But you know what we're going to do? Thundercat, like the cartoon? Like uh, oh, you don't, oh, you don't know Thundercat, the uh, the musician? The bass player? The bass player, yeah. He's got like solo albums. Oh, they, they work together? Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald both uh, guest star on his song, Show Me The Way. They both kill it. Oh, wow. Uh, and, you know, that album, that album only came out a few years ago. But 
All right. So, yeah, the songwriting, you're saying you're not super into whatever. <laughs> that seems like the whole, the whole thing. I, it's, it's a curiosity to me. I, yeah. I can listen to it. Um, that I don't say that I, I can't say that I like really really like it. Sure, and you're not yacht rock guilty pleasure late seventies early eighties stuff is not super in your wheelhouse either as far as I can make out. Not particularly, no. You'd think it would be, but it's not. Whatever, I accept it. I'm not happy about it, but I can take it. Um, okay. My ace in the hole, my third pick for you here. Again, getting back to the point of Michael McDonald just generally being awesome. I want I want okay. you to hear what I got coming up. And see if this might sway you any particular way. Because this is not an original. This is him singing uh, on somebody else's I know what track. you're going to play. Oh, you and do? I think Damn I already, it. I think I already like it. Damn it. Uh, and actually is a good argument on your side. I think you should have started with How that. do you know what I'm... How? Well, okay, play it. Play it. And, how did and you we'll find out about it. this? Play it and see if, we're, if I know what you're doing. No, you know that you know what it is. Damn it. I really <laughs> thought I could get one over on you today. Because this <laughs> blew my like, mind. It, it is, uh, we're talking about Grizzly Bear, right? Yeah, we're talking about Grizzly yeah, yeah, Bear. Yeah, So that, you're right, because that is the first time I heard his voice where um, I was like, oh, shit, like, this is really interesting. And like, in a good way, not like, what yeah. is happening? How is he making this sound? Um, and I think maybe it goes back to the point about me liking or not liking this song. Like, maybe mm. I'm just not a fan of his songwriting, and it's that his voice would be fine over music that I dig. Well, if you want to just hear him sing on songs, like I said, he's collaborated with a million bajillion other artists. People seek him out as a, a guest vocalist. Uh, we're going to hear a track. And, you know, you might like his voice more nowadays now that it's kind of settled into that older, lower range. Mm-hmm. Maybe that that removed the, the quality about it that was weird to you. Um, sure. So maybe that's the key. Maybe you just need to tune in to, uh, to Thundercat. But... We're going to listen to Grizzly Bear, indie band from mid-late 2000s on to today. Uh, Vecatimist. I don't think I've ever said the name of that album out loud. Yeah, so so bizarre title. I'm not the biggest Grizzly Bear fan, but Vecatimist is like the one that I'm pretty into. I like all those songs, and I feel like that was mm-hmm. kind of like the height of that band for me. Yeah, they're apex. Yeah. Um, and Michael McDonald uh, sings on... Uh, the song "While You Wait for the Others," so it's which is the, a song I love. I think that's the best song on that album. Oh wow! So we got yeah. one of the best singers in the world singing one of the best Grizzly Bear songs. What can go wrong here? Yeah. The band released a version where it's them singing it, and then they have this version where they had like some sort of family friend, whatever, like sort of personal connection to get uh, Mr. McDonald involved. And, and this song uh, has a lot of harmony on it to begin with. And what I found so shocking about this when I listened to it was like, what is he going to do? And then I listened to it and he just found spots for himself. It's like genius. that is... Yes, that's his genius. I was really, uh, I was really blown away uh, by that. No, he kills it. He sounds 100% sincere. I, you know, I totally believe he was a genuine fan of the band. Oh, yeah. And I listened to that song so much. And then when I heard it, uh, I, I heard it like with fresh ears. It was just like, it sounded like he was always on there. It's, it's really uh, something. All right. Well, if anybody knows the original, you're in for a treat. And if you don't, you're just going to hear another great uh, Michael McDonald performance. While you wait for the others to make it all worthwhile. 
his voice has aged so well. Ooh, that part kills me. What's that? As long as you like, I'll just wait out the evening. You'll only beat me dry. Oh. Yes, you'll only beat me dry. So I'll ask you kindly. Can you can you actually play the ending of the song? Oh yeah, where, where they, really they go goes to the last nuts. chorus, where he where he actually inserts himself into the chorus. This part uh, after this, a little bit after. It's really that okay. So here's what I'll say. This is uh-huh. what you've achieved today. His performance on that song is amazing. I think that's amazing. Uh, maybe he, maybe I am a fan of his interpretation of the songs of others. Mm-hmm. I haven't investigated it, but he did a great job on a song that I love and heard a lot. Um, when I hear his songs, I hear that quality in his voice that I uh, can't get past. And I think it's because I'm distracted by sort of the melody that I'm not attaching myself to. Uh, but when he's singing on something that I uh, elicits my attention, um, I feel differently about the way his voice sounds. So maybe it is. It's it's like I know I compared it to Randy Newman, which you know left you gobsmacked. But yeah, it's not. It's not the comparison is not about hitting notes and not hitting notes. It's a very idiosyncratic voice that tends to take the listener out of the music if they're not plugged in. Mm. Uh, and that's what it, it does for me. Uh, you know, if Randy Newman sang Michael McDonald's songs, I'd probably feel the same way about his voice or <laughs> think it was even worse. Well, you just said a lot of words right there, but can I get you to say the four words, Michael McDonald is awesome? Uh, or you're not, you're not there yet. Michael McDonald's, how do I do this? McDonald's performance was awesome. 
on that in parentheses semantics on that semantics i won i won today today (laughs) today i am the victor you you Uh, know that i did forget about that and you when you as soon as you said it i was like oh shit yeah that is really great (laughs) so okay uh what have we learned today we learned that you got off to a rough start in your argument but ultimately you, you stuck a landing i am quite impressed that you that you found that uh and, and sort of shocked that I myself forgot it. Um, I would like to hear, if you want to revisit this at some point, mm-hmm. maybe down the road, if, you get a lot of, if we get a lot of angry messages from Michael McDonald fans, you, you do an episode where you find him interpreting the songs of others. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot to choose from there. So just... You get me closer to Nirvana with him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I learned, uh, I learned that you went... You were in college in 2008, so I learned you're a little yeah. older than I thought. I mean, I knew you mm. already like came up like with the Atari 2600 and stuff, <laughs> uh, like yeah. calling into the Tom Green show and all that. Yeah, but oh, I was that was a little before my time, but yeah. Um, but that and uh, yeah, just there's a huge there's dare I say an ocean of like really good, interesting, eclectic indie 2000s music that's just kind of hard to come across these days kind of hard to to get into and in, in, you know all these years later it's kind of hard, hard to find so you mm. uh you dug some stuff up for us i did yeah i dredged a lake i have a bunch of cds that are probably most of them don't work but that one did nice. some good stuff on there well uh keep keep them coming i'd love to hear other uh matt's mixes matt's mixes that's what it's all about well uh Folks, if you liked what you heard today, I really encourage you to uh, to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And hey, you can even leave a, a rating or a review if you feel that positively or negatively. Either way, just mm. make your mark. Any and, press is uh, good press. Any press is, is any press. If you want to follow Losing My Opinion on social media, we're at Losing My Opinion on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And uh, I firmly said over and over that Michael McDonald is awesome. And I, I could be wrong now. Oh, I'm excited for this. But I don't think so. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was actually really good. <laughs> so long, sucker. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>